Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Compatibility. On VSEN, the sports betting network. Hi, everybody, and welcome into your NFL Sunday, live from Las Vegas at our South Point Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson, pleased to be joined by our man, Mike Pritchard, former NFL standout, played in the league for over a decade, and uh, one of our weekday hosts as well here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Mike, nobody had rather uh, wake up at uh, 4 a.m. here on the West Coast. I tell you what, it doesn't feel like it, I know it doesn't feel like it's 4 a.m., Benjamin. It, does I mean, not. it feels like uh, we're in the middle of the action right now at the South Point. It's always yes. uh, rolling here. It, it is uh, <laughs> filling in today. I am for Femi Abebefe. We have week five action to bring you. You know what's interesting and, and unique about our show today, Mike, as well? We get a little London action. If you're waking up with us, Trying to prepare for your NFL Sunday. You set the alarm maybe a little bit earlier uh, for good reason. Jets and Falcons getting underway in just under an hour and a half. We'll get that full preview as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, But, Mike, as we start the show today, as always on these Sunday mornings, we start to get some uh, very interesting injury news uh, trickling in. And so that's uh, that's where we'll start. And and you you know me as well, Mike, throughout the the show as someone who has a yeah, somewhat, uh, I don't know, the, my, my weird obsession with early to mid-1990s NFL football, Mike. Sure. I might, you as a former player in right. that era, you were always so kind to indulge me in those sort of things. So we might get some sort of, you know, we'll get a Jerry Glanville reference. And at some point, <laughs> you know you can count on me for, for that, Mike. But, uh, but let's start with some injury news as, as it pertains to some of the big favorites today. Because as always, every week, Mike, you get uh, those, those teaser candidates, those Moneyline Parlay, mm-hmm. Survivor candidates. And we'll kick off with that because there are three in the early window 
I think a lot of betters are going to be really interested, and one of them uh, does have at least some significant injury news that we uh, just saw reported a couple hours ago, and that would be in Minnesota, where we have seen all sorts of sharp action steam up, Mike, the Vikings up to as high as a 10-point favorite market-wide right now. I mean, a lot of the contests, they closed 9.5, but as we sit here right now at 10, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like Dalvin Cook, a report from Adam Schefter coming out about an hour ago, Dalvin Cook is a true game-time decision for this game. He only got, what, 11 carries last Sunday in that loss against uh, uh, Cleveland. Really precarious situation for him dealing with the ankle injury for the last uh, couple of weeks. How do you expect this to play out today? Well, you're going to deal with the ankle injury for a while. I mean, the high sprain or low sprain, it doesn't really matter. You're going to deal with that for a while. So uh, I thought Madison uh, filled in okay for, for Dalvin Cook, but he's not Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook is incredible, right? Uh, but that offensive line for the uh, Vikings, you wonder where they are. I mean, I know the injuries coming into the year, the continuity was was uh, a big question mark for that football team too. Uh, but then coming off the performance that they had last week uh, against a, a pretty dominant front, if you ask me, with the Cleveland Browns, uh, a chance for them to get right this week. I think the Vikings are going to feel really confident uh, and comfortable uh, as an offensive line and as an offensive unit going up against the Lions today. Yeah, you, you think about that too, Mike, and I should correct myself. It was 11 snaps, nine carries, 34 yards last week for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, I don't know how much of this was an emphasis when, when you were playing, now that we've gotten into such an analytics-driven uh, NFL, but we're really now seeing an importance being put, at least now, I guess, publicly by these NFL teams of importance of moving the ball early on early downs, mm-hmm. first, second downs to basically eliminate the yardage you have to get on third downs or just eliminate third downs altogether. I'm not sure how, how big of it, how much that was emphasized. Like if John Elway was telling you in the huddle, <laughs> Hey guys, we need six yards every first down to make our second and four probabilities lower. But what's interesting to me on Minnesota, Mike is so far this year, they are the worst team with first regards to first down efficiency. And as a result, it's led them to be second last as far as their third down to go distance. Now, you mentioned this could be a really good get-right spot, but that mm-hmm. kind of speaks to right some of your concerns on the O-line, that they've been really unoffic- inefficient, yeah. at least in these early downs. That has to give you a little little pause for a game like this. Well, it does, eh? because I think the Vikings are still trying to find ways to click on all cylinders, to hit on all cylinders as an offense. And that's what you want to do. I mean, playing defense out there in the National Football League is a guessing game. Uh, because we're trying to, or players on the opposite side of the ball, as an offensive player myself, they were trying to figure out what we were going to do to have predictable down and distance situations, mm-hmm. what you're speaking of. And so second and long, that's a predictable down and distance for a defense. Third and medium to long, that's a predictable down and distance for a defense. So as an offense, we have to win. We absolutely have to win on first down. It's the unknown down. Uh, it's the most guessed down from a defensive standpoint. Uh, so if we could take advantage of that offensively on first down, second and short, second and medium even, uh, to where that leads to third and short. Now the sequence of plays stays on the offensive side of the ball and in our favor. And so now we're dictating. Uh, so the Vikings, when you watch them play, at times they've dictated, but then it just hasn't been a consistent uh, element of that offense right now. Yeah, so I, well, I guess what you're saying it was always sort of that unwritten, th- un- unspoken thought. Like you got, you kind of just knew it when you were playing. Now right. it's, I feel like, so widely publicized and, and talked about. Well, there's numbers games. behind it now, I guess. <laughs> right? Well, there's I numbers mean, behind everything. Sure, now. yeah, the theory yeah. has always been there, but uh, I guess they call that analytics now. But, uh, no, the theory has always mm-hmm. been there. I mean, winning on first down is essential to any offense. And you think, th- I would say the one caveat, though, as far as Detroit, you mentioned get right spot thirty mm-hmm. first in their defensive DVOA efficiency right. so far. So if they, if there's a team where you're going to find better efficiency on first and second downs this week, 
probably Minnesota. Uh, we'll get to our plays later on in the show, but as we kick off things, thinking about of these big, big favorites, Mike, especially for this early window, who are you worried about? I think Minnesota is a pretty safe uh, survivor play. They were the most popular selection in the circus survivor, the mm-hmm. big contest here in Las Vegas. I think they're fine to win the game. I don't know that I would lay 10 w- with them, though. I, uh, Detroit was actually a contest play for me, mostly because of the spot. I do think Jared Goff and, and the Lions can, uh, can move the ball, but that is one of your candidates for, for favorites you're most, we would be most worried about today. The other two have had some interesting line moves, specifically in Houston, where uh, we talk about injuries, Mike, mm-hmm. and, and this is another one I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on because the New England Patriots will have four, that's right, four offensive linemen on the entire roster suiting up today, and four starters are out due to either injuries or are being on the COVID list. And we have seen, as a, a result, Mike, this line has seen some some Texans action down to eight pretty much market-wide, and I still see a couple seven-and-a-halves left out there in the market coming off of the huge Sunday night game that was built by everybody is seemingly the game of the century, <laughs> the Patriots and, and the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough. What do you make of a scenario like that? I know it's Houston, Mike. I know you were on them last week and it's hard. It's so hard as a better to want to go back to the well right. against a bad team who you got burned by the week before. But what do you make of a Patriots offense that is going to have one offensive line starter in there today? And a rookie quarterback. And a rookie and quarterback. And a rookie quarterback yeah. who, you know, at times hasn't played as a rookie. I mean, I give Mac Jones a lot of credit. Uh, because of his maturity and his poise. Uh, but now you have a, a different situation where you have a bunch of backups in there uh, and your offensive line. And so uh, if New England's offense, there's a lot of communication uh, at the line of scrimmage with that offense. I, I wonder if McDaniels will simplify that uh, today. Uh, ignore all the uh, uh, communication that you have to get to. Now, if you're the Texans, you would want to provide them reasons to have that communication at the line of scrimmage today like disguising coverages, moving people around, giving them different looks, things outside of the scope in which you believe New England prepared for. And I think there's enough personnel or enough people on the Houston side inside that building that understands the New England way. Uh, so I, you can see that happening today. I don't know if even if the Texans do something like that, if they're still good enough to execute to that level. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, New England will have a, a simplified game plan, and I believe that they believe that their roster is good enough to get the uh, job done today and win the game. And you think about Houston, if there's one thing they're at least, I don't want to say necessarily good at, Mike, because it's rough on all sides of the ball, but for Houston, they're at least competent defensively. And against the Mm -hmm. pass, they've been good eighth in pass defense DVOA through the first four weeks of the season. And against New England, we mentioned the 4-0 line starters, Isaiah Wynn, Mike Nguyenu, Shaq Mason, Trent Brown. They are all out for today. I, I wonder too, we've seen, we're, we've seen a couple of really low totals of the market mm-hmm. this week, this thing down to 39, 30, I see low as low as 38 and a half behind us at the South point uh, Sportsbook where we are. And part of that is not only do you have the O-line issues here, Mike for new England, but think about this from the, the Houston perspective where Davis mills, uh, it has been as you like, I'm sure that was a miserable experience for you with your Houston plus 17. Last sure, week. It was. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think you were necessarily wrong to play that. I, I agreed with you though. That mm-hmm. line was bloated, but Betters are going to pile on this guy as long as he's struggling. And uh, rookie, I know he's back at home this week, not in the rainstorm of Buffalo, but it's like, what what would it take for you to really want to actually back him? Just knowing, even even all the things we talked about in New England offensively, right? What are you going to get out of Davis Mills? That's got to be that's got to be a tough thing to try to, rec- to try to reckon with as a better here. It, it totally is, Benjamin. I mean, I think when you look at Davis Mills, I mean, he's a fish out of water. He really is, but he he doesn't have anybody to throw him back in because yeah. the coaching staff is inept. Uh, now, from a coordination standpoint to a head coach standpoint, I mean, it is a mess. Uh, and so if it's chaotic like that on the sidelines, uh, what do you think the players are going through 
especially a young player like uh, this guy, and uh, he's out on the field against New England and that defense. I, and I do believe New England will stress him out today uh, you, with yeah. the looks and what they, uh, the continuity and all the things that they do defensively. So uh, it could be a tough day for Houston. Uh, I, I expect them to run the football. That's why mm-hmm. you have that low total as well. So uh, simplified game plans on both sides of the ball for Houston and New England. I'm sure when you you played with some very good quarterbacks, I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, John Elway, same draft class, Mike Pritchard as Brett Favre, right. legend himself. What Was there ever a scenario, though, where you had a backup in there? Or you, I wonder from the wide receiver, if that was your position, wide receiver perspective, mm-hmm. like, Everyone, at least to the media and public, is going to put on a good face and, and you know not say anything bad. But like behind the closed doors, what's that like when you've got to you know if it is a fish out of water situation where you're sitting there, you're running your routes, and you're like, I got I got to get my numbers, I got to help the team, and you got a guy who can't really push the ball downfield. Yeah, you you don't have confidence in that player. Um, we had one player. Uh, I don't know if I should name you his name. Well, <laughs> should you've I? Been, I don't know. You've been yeah, out of the been, league uh, like twenty years. Yeah, I mean, it. it was Rick Meyer. Rick Meyer up in Seattle, um, he was a fish out of water. He always was. I played against him in college. I actually beat him uh, for the national title, Colorado, Notre Dame, and that Orange Bowl. Um, But when I got to Seattle, and he had been there a few years, he was a a third overall pick. He was just a guy that just didn't have that presence that you would want from your franchise quarterback. It's no knock on him. It's just I don't know if he identified how to do that. Now, Davis Mills, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the starter anyway. I mean, he's the afterthought of the afterthought. <laughs> so when you have that situation, he's he's just trying to find direction. Like I said, he's a fish out of water, but there's nobody on that sideline to throw him back in and help him out. And so uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen to this young man. Uh, hopefully good things. Uh, hopefully, you know, the game will kick in mm-hmm. and he'll be comfortable out there. But so far this year, Davis Mills from uh, the, the clean pocket this year, 53.7 passing grade. That is the worst by far in the NFL, according to to a pro football focus. We're just getting started. I might have an interesting Rick Meyer box score for you, Mike, okay. after the break. I <laughs> hear on Point Spread Sunday from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It is Point Spread Sunday here from VSAN, the sports betting network, as we get you set for NFL. Week five, welcome to your Sunday morning. Sunday morning, We're just about an hour away from the big game in London to kick things off. Uh, that's right. You got to get your bets in, at least for the early game. Jets and Falcons. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Ben Wilson back with Mike Pritchard from the South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. Mike, it is time for Pritch's perspective. I know we, and I always like to get your perspective on every game. Mm-hmm. Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver. We were, we were talking about this last break. Not to throw anybody under the bus, but in the, the Davis Mills talk with Houston, and you brought up Rick Meyer. I, I said before the break, I had a box score for you. The, a game I remember. I was I was a three year old. Okay. Not to not to date, not to date anybody here, <laughs> right. but I, I was I barely remember watching this. I will admit to rewatching this game during okay. the pandemic. But Rick Meyer against the Green Bay Packers, ten of thirty, hundred fifty six yards, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, four interceptions. I four interceptions, say. yeah. Zero touchdowns. I wish he had four touchdowns. <laughs> you, uh, you, Mike Pritchard, did you manage two catches on six targets? But uh, you yeah. were playing. It was against your uh, your former teammate Brett Favre, that right? Day, and it, it did not go well. So. No, Rick Meyer said he completed how many pass, passes? That would be a grand total of ten. He completed ten passes, and I caught two of them. You did catch <laughs> so two. Of my percentages was not bad. <laughs> you you in caught game. two. You did catch two. Uh, <laughs> Christian Fourier was your leading yeah. receiver that day. So, I know uh, with three catches. Right, that's a fish out of water that I was talking about. I mean, I, I remember that game. I saw Brett before the game uh, as Green Bay came into town, and uh, that was a team that was on their way to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And there was a big difference between the Green Bay Packers and the upstart Seattle Seahawks, who had drafted Rick Meyer to to be his uh, their uh, franchise quarterback, but it just wasn't working out. Uh, so once they changed, uh, our direction as a franchise changed as well. Packers covered that day, by the way. Yes, they did. Nine. They were laying nine and a half. <laughs> not that you would have known that at the no, time. Not, no, no <laughs> you clue. Knew it, but you, you, as, about, as of about two minutes ago, right. you, you did know <laughs> that it was nine and a half. And speaking of Pritch's perspective, speaking of, by the way, Mike, uh, a, a team looking to be an upstart franchise, draft a young quarterback as the face of the franchise. Well, that's what's happening in Jacksonville mm-hmm. with Trevor Lawrence. But that's not really been the talk. As is, unless you've been living under a rock, as we know now for the, the past week plus here with uh, the Urban Meyer 
saga playing on. And uh, Jacksonville comes into this game today, four, four and a half point underdogs. Looking at the, the current market right now as they get ready to host Tennessee, the basically the entire market has gone to four and a half, unless you're watching with us uh, on an East Coast jurisdiction. At DraftKings, you can still lay just four with Tennessee, but that is the only four I'm seeing, Mike, in the market. Question for you on, on the Pritch's perspective. You're a player. I don't it, look. I mentioned we, I would get in the Jerry Glanville reference at some point. I mean, you played for some eccentric coaches and sure. uh, Dennis Erickson, your, your coach in Seattle, the game we were just talking about. But I don't know that eccentricities are different than being mired in some sort of scandal, and that's what's happening with Urban Meyer. Like, what is the conversation going on right now in that in the Jacksonville locker room for a team that's 0-4 mm-hmm. and whose coach has has been very disconnected so far from from the greater goals of the franchise? Well, the, the NFL is more of a business relationship uh, between coach and player. Um, the best coaches they understand that and they know how to do that uh, in terms of establishing that level of relationship. If you want to talk to me, you have to book an appointment. Keep it professional. Now, in college, it's different because you can go up to a head coach. Hey, coach, this is my problem. I got this going on. Okay, how can I help you? Whatever. But in the National Football League, it's such a business relationship. Uh, And coaches that know what they're doing, they want to keep it that way. So as players, what Urban Meyer has done with his private life, that's his life. I mean, I think uh, we're laughing about it. (laughs) Make no mistake about that. I mean, if if you find it comical, you are. Now, some people in the locker room would be like, hey, let's not laugh at that. You know, he's going through what he's going through, whatever. It could be a rallying call if if he's earned that respect. I don't know if Urban Meyer has earned a level of respect with a lot of people yet in the National Football League. He might think he has because of his track record and his resume, but his resume is bupkis in the National Football League right now. Uh, so... Uh, it, the bottom line is it's a win business, a results-oriented business. Mm-hmm. And if you're not winning, then you're going to be looking for a job. And as players, the older players understand that. The younger players, they'll probably support Urban Meyer and say all the right things. But as the younger, as the older players know, look, this is messing with my contract situation. I would think at the, at the same time, I mean, if you're a, whether you're a young player, veteran player, you're, you're playing right now for, for a job. Right, you, absolutely. You are looking for, for that exposure. I, just, I wonder, too, not to get into the, the super, there's this, the super sports talk radio-y element of this where it's like, all right, well, how will Jacksonville react? Will it be mm. good? Will they show up? Will they just fold for Urban Meyer? The one interesting element, though, that I think is, is worth pointing out that we haven't really gotten into much this year, at least, at least in the past week, especially thinking about Daryl Bevel, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, who is of all the guys brought in on this, this very uh, green staff, just from an NFL perspective, he's the one guy who's respected NFL veteran. He's, he's been a play caller for many years in the league. My big question coming into the year, Mike, was how much would Urban Meyer let Daryl Bevel do his thing and not really interfere with the play calling? We saw the first couple weeks, they really treated Trevor Lawrence like they wanted him just to be a pocket passer. Right. And it did not go well. It seems, Mike, like they have been able to at least discover the run game. James Robinson, the running back, has been very solid. Jacksonville, at this point, second in the league in early down efficiency mm-hmm. rushing the football. Do you, do you see, I mean, with this, not, not necessarily that it's just this with this scandal, but do you see them giving Bevel more of the opportunity, like Urban Meyer basically saying, all right, look, man, I'm not in, in any position to really now, especially with my coaching staff, be jumping in and, and taking the reins from anybody. Do you, you kind of trust him at this point to be letting a guy like Daryl Bevel run his stuff? Understand, look, these are our strengths. Let's let's run to them quite literally and figuratively and avoid our weaknesses. Yeah, I think Bevel has done that already, though. Uh, Urban Meyer is a headset coach, but he's not 
Colin Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bevel is offensive coordinator, and, and certainly uh, Colin's a defense coordinator. These guys, uh, I think from that perspective, Urban's not interfering with them. In fact, they might be telling Urban what we're doing this week. Uh, that's because Bevel's been in the league as a coordinator, and, and certainly uh, he understands the league better than Urban at this point. Uh, what they're discovering, though, is what they can do with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You're right. Okay, is he a West Coast offensive? Is he an NFL quarterback? No, he's not. But So let's bring in the concepts that he's used to and comfortable with, and we saw that against uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Now I think that can happen again in this game uh, against the Titans. And the Titans, that defense, you wonder if Jacksonville, outside of all the noise with the players, the fellas on the field, could be a, a game in which they feel comfortable and confident about that we can get a W in this game. I'm, I'm, look, I'm with you. I, I know some people are taking Tennessee and Survivor. Mm-hmm. It was a dangerous game last right. week. I think it's a really dangerous game this week. If you made me pick a side, I, I would kind of lean Jacksonville at the four and a half. Tennessee secondary, by the way, to your point, Mike, has allowed 944 pass yards and eight touchdowns right. to four games. I, last awesome. time, I, I know you wish you could you know, put on the pads <laughs> if you got to face Tennessee's secondary every week at this point. Well, right? that, that Tennessee defense has gone backwards ever since Vrabel has been there. One of the better defenses when he took over as a head coach uh, and now one of the worst defense in terms of points allowed and efficiency uh, that you'll see in the National Football League. So I think from a player's perspective here, Ben, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a great chance and a, and a, and a good feeling at home uh, because you feel like you could probably win this game. I look, I, I agree with you. I know it's crazy to say, but I, I kind of think look, this might be might be a spot tough for for Jacksonville. Not going to be in my place later, but I, okay. this would not surprise me if we see Jacksonville uh, pull the upset. Another game in, into uh, Pritch's perspective. Another really interesting scenario, and a game I actually I do like. It's another underdog, although on the road, and it is a first career start today for quarterback Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo already ruled out after getting injured in the first half last week in that loss at home to Seattle. San Francisco, Mike, they've lost two straight. They go on the road to Arizona, who on paper have the, the numbers just are incredible right now for Kyler Murray, the quarterback of this Arizona team. Undefeated at 4-0, your, uh, your last undefeated team in the league. Laying five and a half in an interesting divisional spot from, from your perspective. What is this like when, when you're in a divisional battle? Mm-hmm. You've got to back up, and it's not, not the Davis Mills situation. This is a guy with a lot of upside and a lot of hype around him. What, what's your perspective from, uh, from the player's side? You're going into a tough environment on the road today. Well, for divisional games, I always think that those games are going to be close games. Uh, the familiarity is all over the place. And in this game, it really is all over the place, Ben. You got Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator, who knows Kyle Shanahan very, very, very well, offensive coordinator slash head coach with San Francisco. They know each other. They know the tendencies. They know what they like and what they don't like. Uh, and then you have Vance Joseph, who played and, and coached against Minnesota, who runs a similar offense, the wide zone scheme mm-hmm. uh, that San Francisco is going to run. So there's so much familiarity in this football game, which makes it a tighter game to me. Now, I think the line could be inflated because of Kyler Murray and, and the fantastic play, way, way that he's played the game so far. Uh, and, and that, to me, is the bet. Is the, lane, is the line overinflated because of Kyler Murray? Uh, or is this a field goal type of game, even with a rookie quarterback on the other side from the 49ers? I, I think it's the latter, Mike. I really do. And we're seeing a couple books reflect that down to five. In some markets, you still see behind us at the South Point, it is uh, five and a half. I, mm-hmm. this, is, this is purely, to me, a, a spot play. And, and okay. it's, you, know, you, you kind of mix your numbers plays right. versus your spot plays. And, and to me, Mike, the one thing that worries me if you're backing San Francisco, which, which I am in, in the, the contest this week, uh, is the fact that no George Kittle. He's, right. he's already been ruled out, goes to IR. 
Now, it, it does help Trey Lance, don't you think, having a left tackle like Trent Williams, who's been graded out uh, by PFF, second best left tackle in the league this year. How much of that do you think is going to impact the, the play calling? When you think about a guy protecting a blind side of sure. a guy on the road making his first NFL start. Well, we saw in preseason uh, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Lance throwing the ball really, really hard. I mean, he's got to settle in. And once a player like that settles in and gets comfortable, then the natural ability will take over. To me, when is that going to happen? Is Kyle Shanahan going to call a game in which Lance can settle down early on? And, or, or will the Cardinals be able to uh, make it difficult for him? throughout that football game. So that's the bet. Very, very interesting matchup today. As we return on Point Spread Sunday, we've talked about some of these big inflated lines. How about some tight lines? There's a lot of them out there on the card today. Back with Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. More coming up after this here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We welcome you back at its Point Spread Sunday from the South Point Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. Ben Wilson back with former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard. Mike, we, uh, we just talked about your perspective on a couple interesting situations throughout mm-hmm. the league, but let's get into some of the tight lines on the card for today, of which there are many. You kind of expect it. Right. Lines you know, of, of three or less on, on the card today. I'm very curious to, to see what you make of some interesting spots, especially potential bounce-back spots for some teams like a New Orleans Saints who was we uh, we talked about earlier with a couple uh, with like say Tennessee ruining a lot of teasers and survivor picks last week. You can say the same thing about the New Orleans Saints. I was in that uh, camp at least from a mm-hmm. teaser perspective. Mike, they go on the road to Washington today, and this is an interesting one that has been bet up here from one a very uh, extremely tight line to open all the way up now to two and a half in the market. Looking at it right now, Mike, this is this is basically two and a half market wide. I'm even seeing a couple shops with juice on the favorite, so you're, you're even creeping toward a key number of three in this spot. Hard to really know what to make, though, of this Saints team. They've been so Jekyll and Hyde through four weeks. How, how do you see uh, them today? Is this the, the bounce-back spot that uh, that it would seem to be on paper for them against a bad defense? Uh, yeah, you know, who'd have thought that the Washington football team would have a bad defense with all the talent that they have there, but there's problems, and I think when you have problems and if not, it's not feeling or looking the way that it should at this point, uh, now you have questions and finger-pointing perhaps going on inside of a locker room. Uh, I don't know if that's happening for Washington, the football team. I was looking for reports. I was looking from insiders mm-hmm. to find if I can find that information. Uh, could not find it uh, this week. So leading into this game, maybe feeling a little bit better, though, a little bit more confident after the win. Now, the Saints, this is their week, I guess, to play well offensively. Uh, they've been highly and inconsistent, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's indicative of the situation that I've been highlighting all all, all year so far, really, even and. And that's the fact that they're trying to replace Drew Brees, a legend. And when a guy like that walks out the door, even for Sean Payton, he's got to get used to Jameis Winston. And the player's got to get used to Jameis Winston at quarterback and that leadership and, and his style of play. And so that's, that's why we're seeing the inconsistency, along with injuries, key injuries, too, with the wideouts. So uh, I, I think the Saints are challenged from a weapon standpoint for their quarterback. Uh, maybe simplifying things could help 
bring along consistency, uh, and then certainly taking advantage of what Washington is having problems with, and that's pressuring the quarterback. And nobody would have thought that that would be the case with this football team. Because from a personnel perspective, Mike, it's it's the same guys in Washington. Mm-hmm. How, like, right. how does that? Is it just simply ego, or I, I know you touched on that a second ago, but the front four has still been decent. It's just the secondary is really bad. Right. And you, you get the sense that for head coach Ron Rivera, it's almost like it's turned into an all or nothing sort of scenario. Either you're getting to the quarterback, you're giving up big plays. How how does that even happen from a year to year perspective when you don't really change? who's on that side of the ball. It's kind of perplexing, honestly. It really is. Uh, it's a get better league, though. Um, the tape that you put out last year, people are coaching off of that and getting better off of it. So if you're Chase Young, for instance, you got to be different. you got to be better than he was last year. He's not. Uh, and then that goes with a lot of other first-rounders, too. And you mentioned the secondary. Secondaries are only as good as that front. There's really nobody in this league that's a shutdown cover corner anymore. I, I don't think – the concepts offensively will allow you to have one shutdown corner. You need a collection of players out there. Uh, so if you're not pressuring the quarterback or or making that quarterback uncomfortable, that's mm-hmm. going to stress you out on the back end and the secondary. And that's what we've seen with Washington. And now on the other side, though, Heineke's played better. Uh, and he's got that gunslinger mentality. And that was helpful for them last week. Now he's also prone to make mistakes too, though. So uh, maybe a chance for the Saints uh, as a road favorite here, but you wonder which version of the Saints you're going to get today because, uh, like you said, a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a team, I think, this far along, uh, week five of the National Football League, they shouldn't have to have wrinkles. They should be able to iron those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking for that for the Saints today. And you look at Washington, as, as you touched on, Mike, 28th in defensive DVOA, mm-hmm. bottom four in overall efficiency, 29th against the pass this year. So it's been rough. Right. But uh, in mentioning, too, from an injury perspective, Teron Armstead, Eric McCoy, two starters on the O-line for the Saints. They're both out today. Mm-hmm. But I thought it's interesting you mentioned a moment ago with the, with the Saints and Sean Payton trying to get used to, and I know Jameis Winston has been in that locker room now for a year plus, but first year as a starter, have you been surprised at some of the, the conservative play calling so far, or, or is that something you would expect trying to get him uh, kind of acclimated here over the first four weeks. Right. I, I think it's what I would expect uh, because of the preseason, the nature of preseason mm-hmm. now too. Uh, and then the fact that Peyton's going to have to conform and get used to calling plays for somebody else that's not named Drew Brees. The luxury that this man had at a head coach play caller situation, the fact that you had Drew Brees, I mean, that was incredible, right? And so now it's completely different for you as a play caller. So uh, I I like what they do at times with Jameis and that's stretching the football field. But then you look at the weapons that he has and a lot of those guys are banged up. I I like the spot this week for new Orleans, but it's, it's to your point, it's more of a go against Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Washington football team, even though it's in Washington, I don't really give them much of a home field advantage in that spot. Uh, That spoiler alert. That could be in my plays uh, for, for, for later. Uh, Mike, we'll see if, we'll see if you agree with that when we get there, Uh, as far as some other tight lines, here's another game that, uh, that I do like. It's one that it's toggled between three and a half and three. Eagles and Panthers, this is now down basically uh, to minus three on Carolina market-wide, and a, a big reason for the move, Christian McCaffrey, there was some thought maybe he could give it a go this week after missing last week's game in Dallas. Well, he is out. We will see Chuba Hubbard once again at the running back spot for Carolina. And uh, coming off, Mike, a game where they were they thoroughly outplayed in Dallas, especially in the second half. That was mm-hmm. a tight game at halftime. Dallas pulled away. It looked really impressive late as, as they covered the four-and-a-half-point spread. Similar to similar thought here with a potential bounce back spot. What do you think about to Carolina here, even with 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey going to be sidelined today. Right. Uh, that's the big miss again uh, for the, uh, the Panthers. Uh, I think as an offense, that player right there in particular can help you out big time in a game like this because on the other side, the Eagles, they do have a lot of offense, uh, which from an offensive line standpoint, you wouldn't think that that was going to be the case. I don't know if it's a, a Hurts phenomenon right now or – uh, just a collection of young players getting the job done. Uh, but they've been putting up numbers. And, and so it could be the, the games that they played in as well, though, like mm-hmm. having to throw the ball a lot uh, and not really having your game plan unfold the way that you want it to. Well, they lost three in a row now. Uh, so after that first week against Atlanta, it hasn't really gone well in terms of the win-loss column. And so you have a first-time head coach, Sirianni, uh, and then you have a first-time defense coordinator trying to figure it out with a young quarterback. Now, I give them a lot of credit, though, because of the way that they played. But if, if Carolina can establish themselves offensively like they did the first half against Dallas, I, I think they should win this game. Because that defense, I do like the Carolina defense. I, I like them as well. And I, I like Carolina, especially if you're, if you're laying three in this spot. Panthers mm-hmm. fourth in defensive DVOA so far uh, to this point. The interesting thing as well, and I felt like every time, if, I, if, you, if you're ever on Carolina, I, this is not scientific whatsoever, Mike. But I feel like with quarterback Sam Darnold in there, you get three to four plays a game that just make you want to pull your hair out. Sure. What what are you doing, Sam? Hold on to the football. But at the same time, I don't think he's completely washed away his identity from, from the struggles he had under Adam Gase in New York Mm -hmm. over the the past few years. But there's definitely something under Matt rule, his new head coach in Carolina that seems to have benefited him. And, And I'm looking at some of the numbers, Mike, his relationship with DJ Moore so far, Moore has been targeted on almost 30% of his routes to right. this point, and Darnold has a 115 passer rating uh, when targeting him. I, this, I don't know if this is quite the, you know, the, the Chris Miller, Mike Pritchard connection of uh, you know, 1992, <laughs> but like, what, uh, what do you make of that new connection? Two guys who certainly seem to, to have seen some uh, career revival here, at least through the first four weeks. Well, I, I think if you're Darnold, you're, you're happy because you found a team that wants you because they traded for you, and, and I'm sure inside the building, Brady, the offense coordinators, told him that, hey, we want you. You're our guy. Uh, and then also Matt Rule, he's dealing with a bunch of players that can understand what he wants as opposed to a bunch of players that want to do what they want to do because of uh, certainly being in the league, the veteran uh, standpoint. But you have a lot of young players still under your wing there. So Matt Rule is able to get a lot out of these players. And I think for Sam Darnold, too, and for betters, look at it this way. He's with a new team. He's a new quarterback with a new team. There's going to be some bumps in the road there. It's not like Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some bumps, some growing pains right there, and you're going to see that from time to time. And he's a young quarterback. He's 24 years old. Uh, but once he gets it and once he gets comfortable, highly comfortable with this offense, uh, I've seen enough good things to really yeah. like Carolina this year. And I, I look again to this week against Philadelphia, a team will point out they have a few factors that are not, not exactly great defensively. They've been the, the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams defending the pass this year. Right. They've also given up the most yards to opposing running backs this year on the ground. And they're also committing the most penalties in the NFL. So those are like, it's like the Holy Trinity there mm-hmm. of, of defense. So I, I have to think Carolina will have some success uh, today. I'm also amazed Mike, that you, your, your, your best career season was a year where you played with Chris Miller, Wade Wilson, and Billy Joe Tolliver. How, how did you, how did you catch seven, have oh. 77 balls of those three guys? Yeah. Well, I had also, I was a third wide receiver. I think we had uh, Andre Risen on the team Bad at the time. Risen. And then uh, we had Michael Haynes. So I was like the third wide receiver and still was able to put up some pretty good numbers that year. It, you know, the quarterbacks that we had, 
um, it's it's one of those things where you have to develop those relationships with. I'm just glad uh, I got the Billy Joe Tolliver. <laughs> Billy Joe Tolliver. Mark it character. off. All right. <laughs> when we return on uh, Point Spread Sunday, we'll get into some divisional odds. Analyze those next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I've I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Take this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSEN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com 
slash subscribe. We welcome you back. And it is Point Spread Sunday, about 45 minutes from kickoff in London as the Jets take on the Falcons. We'll get to that preview uh, shortly as we welcome you back alongside Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook Studios. Uh, Mike, as we, we continue to look at our, our rundowns here for the Sunday slate, interesting to check in now that we're... If only we still had this the same uh, you know seventeen game season, we mm-hmm. would be able to say we're officially at the quarter mark. We we can't technically say that, which right. is kind of annoying. But at the same time, we do have enough of a sample size now to, to look at some of these divisional odds. There's really only a couple that uh, that are, are intriguing as of right now, with some pretty tight lines at this point. One of them though being the AFC North, as Baltimore off of its solid start and and the big win against your former team last week on the road in Denver, they're an even money favorite right now at uh, DraftKings to win the division. Whereas Cleveland, the Browns off to a very good start as well, plus 120. Cincinnati Bengals are still 9-1. to one. While you have like those, those three teams right now uh, in the division, all off to very solid starts, at least to this point. With Pittsburgh, your 20-1 your to one team, that's the, kind of the one team falling off at, at the moment at 1-3. and three. The other three teams in the division are 3-1. Uh, are and one. From the preseason, the only future I had, I had a ticket on the Browns at plus 180 to win the division. So at least you know, the number is, is better right now. Uh, having said that, how do you how do you handicap this division right now? When you think about all the moving parts from the early season injuries in Baltimore, right. to Joe Burrow's sudden resurgence in Cincinnati, are, are these odds uh, what you agree with uh, the favorite at this point in Baltimore? I do. I, I do. Absolutely. I mean, it's intriguing to me, though, with uh, Cincinnati because they're the only team uh, in this division that's exceeding expectations. Like Cleveland, all the noise that we heard, they were going to be in this situation uh, with a really, really good football team. Baltimore, uh, they were going to be in this situation in terms of on track to make the playoffs uh, because of the season and the quarterback that they have as well. Uh, Cincinnati, nobody thought or saw this one coming. Uh, Joe Burrow with the injury rebounding from that. They didn't draft an offensive lineman. And so, okay, what is the, what are the Bengals doing here? Uh, but here they are, three and one, with a chance to go four and one and equal the amount of wins that they had last year, Ben. And Zach Taylor, the, the head coach, was under fire. Who he is under fire, and he's getting a lot out of these players. So uh, I can appreciate that. Would I take a shot at plus nine hundred? No, not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have the injury to Baker Mayfield that he's going to wear a harness the entire year. Uh, a torn labrum is a torn labrum. You can't fix that without surgery. Uh, so uh, I wonder how that's going to hold up for Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. And then look at the backup quarterback. I think it's Case Keenum. Uh, and then on the other side with the Ravens, once they get healthy, uh, they look like to me uh, the team to beat in this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get to them later since they are the Monday night game when, when we preview our primetime games. I, yeah, as someone with that ticket, uh, I hope the right. words Case Keenum are not spoken Mike, by anybody else <laughs> the rest of the year. I hope that was our one mention. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's at least my hope. I don't think it gets uh, Case Keenum. Solid NFL backup, but uh, you wouldn't want to have him uh, starting for you in, in big games down the stretch. Speaking of, of Cleveland, because it is a game that was uh, one of the games we could have gotten to, into in our tight line segment. Very tight line for both Cleveland and Cincinnati this week. So let's talk about those games right now mm-hmm. because Cleveland goes on the road for a second straight week in L.A. to take on the Chargers, who have a statement win Monday night against a divisional opponent in the Las Vegas Raiders. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pritch. This feels like a bad spot for both teams. The Browns had 14 players on the injury report this week. Baker Mayfield had one of his worst games as a pro last week, as you mentioned, fighting through that partially torn labrum, even though it was in his non-throwing shoulder. But almost 40% of his passes were deemed uncatchable last Mm -hmm. week, and he was missing guys all over the place. 
Meanwhile, for the Chargers, it's your classic short week off of a big emotional primetime win against a divisional rival. How do you try to, to, to kind of piece things together now when you think about all the, the moving parts in a game like this? Well, you look at the matchups for me, and I always start inside out for matchups. And uh, I give the Chargers a lot of credit last week because, or earlier this week when you think about Monday night, but uh, a chance to um, stop or slow down the rushing attack uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders, which you would think that that was going to be something that the Raiders would want to do because leading up to that game, the chargers defensively, they've been giving up a lot of yards on, on, mm-hmm. on the ground. Uh, you know, when you think about a hundred over, well, almost 200 yards against Kansas city, uh, almost 200 yards on the ground against um, uh, Dallas too. And then Washington, the first team uh, on the schedule this year, they gave up 126 yards. So uh, with this running attack for Cleveland and the injury to Baker, Look, can I buy some time for my quarterback? And mm-hmm. can we get into a play-action game? Can we run the football? And on a short week in a physical game, let's wear down our opponent a little bit more. So I, I like the Cleveland Browns in this situation offensively uh, to run the football effectively today. Second in rush offense, DVOA so far for the Browns through four weeks. And as for uh, the Chargers, you look at them on the other side, they're, they're 31st in the defensive success rate metric against right. the run. So those are two things you point out, uh, Mike, that I think will be uh, really beneficial. The one thing we should point out with this spot, though, and it's why it's it's it not I mean, part of this is the Baker element to it at quarterback and being banged up, but mm-hmm. no Jedrick Wills today, the starting left tackle, right. who's really uh, been a key to anchoring that offensive line. So you don't have your left tackle today. I still think Cleveland will have success running the ball. Uh, if anything, uh, you look at you look at the total in this game. I mean, mm-hmm. you're sitting right now at uh, this game line, by the way, either two or two and a half to the Chargers. There are some twos out there if you like L.A. There are two and a half if you like the Browns. 47 is the total. Uh, Mike, I was on Cleveland last week. Loved them in that spot against sure. Minnesota. Had teased them up, which I'm going to do again this week, even though I don't love the, the, the spot for, you know, for either side. But from a total, this is a Browns team that is, as you mentioned, ground and pound, and that's the strength of the team. But they put together so many drives that seemed to always stall out right around the 35, 40-yard line. And that was a game that had, what, 21 points mm-hmm. last week, 14-7 at Minnesota. So it's that combo of really good defense and uh, slow-tempo clock offense. It leads me to think 47 uh, feels, a, I don't know, feels a tick high to me. What do you think on the total? Well, the Chargers are explosive offensively, though. One of the better teams in the league getting to the red zone. I believe they have 20 red zone attempts already uh, into this game, into this season so far. So, you know, if you're averaging five, four or five trips into the red zone Mm -hmm. opportunities to score, that produces a lot of points for you right there. So uh, the combination and complimentary football for the Chargers too defensively, if if they can affect in any way uh, the Cleveland Browns rushing attack without the left tackle, like you mentioned, Ben, uh, now you look at the offense for the Chargers with a chance. So uh, that's the game plan to me. I, I just like the complete nature of this football team for the Cleveland Browns, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively, very complimentary uh, of each other. And uh, taking the ball away from Baker a little bit because of that injury, you don't want to leave him susceptible right. to hits. Uh, you got to have effective running game, and I think they can do that today. Well, this game will be featured in our uh, our plays for mm-hmm. both Mike and I. will give these out at the top of the next hour. Another game that will be featured in one of our plays is another game within the AFC North. You mentioned Cincinnati Bengals, so impressive under Joe Burrow. Right. Two back-to-back games that have been really, really good uh, from a statistical standpoint for Burrow and a couple of wins for Cincinnati. While we might not want to take 9-1 to one to win the AFC North, <laughs> what do you think about this matchup today? It's been bet down from 3.5 to 3, and now some books, Mike, as you see on your screen, going to two and a half, the Green Bay Packers laying two and a half in Cincinnati. Uh, the, and it's still three at a lot of shops, either even money 
or, or minus uh, 105 on Green Bay. So the money certainly has been coming in all week right. on Cincinnati. This is your classic, uh, the, the sharp, the respected money in the market, really likes the Bengals. Public is going to be all over Green Bay, as always. Uh, I, this has been really tough for me because I, I think, Mike, this, this line feels too low to me on the surface. But okay. anytime you see those disparities, it, it, it naturally worries you a little bit as a better. Not that you should ever be afraid of being on the public side if you have vindication and, and conviction on a certain mm-hmm. bet. But you just talked about what you've liked out of Cincinnati. Does that, does that carry over into a matchup against Aaron Rodgers and the Pack today? I think it does. You look at the Packers, such a public team, though. You know, from a betting standpoint, though, I, I would imagine that the public would be all over Green Bay, mm-hmm. and and but yet the line's moving towards Cincinnati, and so uh, it, it was a tight line to me to begin with. And and okay, I look at injuries uh, for Green Bay. Uh, the defense has been a concern. I think Aaron Rodgers is looking like Aaron Rodgers again offensively. Uh, so uh, that gets interesting to me too, because are the Bengals a sneaky good defensive unit? I'm unsure about that one. I'm not. Isn't that the question? Like yeah. fifth in defensive DVOA, but right. you think about who they played. Minnesota, really the only even above average offense they've played so mm-hmm. far. So how do you really buy them defensively? I, I don't. But we look at offensively. We typically try to do that as better as more so than defense. But uh, in the trenches, uh, you know, it's going to be equal to me when I look at both of these teams. Uh, who's going to get the most out of uh, their weapons out there? Right now, Cincinnati, too, uh, from an ATS standpoint, one of the better teams that you can bet with. And I think that's influencing this a little bit as well. Uh, I should point out, you mentioned injury issues for Green Bay. Jair Alexander, uh, he is going to be out. Uh, the secondary has been really banged up for mm-hmm. Green Bay. Uh, like Whether or not you think the, the Cincinnati defense is for real, I do think that the Bengals are going to be able to score right. 50 and a half. We're starting to see some numbers tick up to 51, which is a relative key number when it comes to totals, Mike. I don't know what you think about this. I, I think this could be a shootout today. If anything, I'd be looking at the over here. Well, Taylor's been getting a lot of uh, out of these players, too, from a coach that's on a hot seat and to get their players to respond this way. I, I think you're feeling good about that. All right. We'll see. When we return, we will get into our plays uh, for this week in the National Football League. Been a fun first hour here on Point Spread Sunday, so don't go anywhere. we got a London game to preview as well that starts in just over a half hour. We'll do all of that and more in hour number two right here on Point Spread Sunday from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.